I still don't know which panda is which, though. Since I started listening oh. to the podcast, oh. I've always tried to base do the voices and decide which panda <laughs> Marcus, which one was Eddie. But yeah, so <laughs> I, I think they're interchangeable. No, there's they, they swapped. No, pandas. there's an inside. There's an inside story to that. Um, Hold on, because I never remember which one it is either. So I'm trying to like. He's got to look, look at the. <laughs> I got to look at the image. There is one panda that is slightly taller than the other. Oh, so okay, so then Marcus is the panda with the red glasses. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's some insider stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, the more make you it, know, we don't want to make it too obvious. So. Good deal. I'm I'm the better looking panda. We also tried to go. Um, Sorry, I had something going on in my ear. Uh, we also tried to go uh, the route where, like, I was trying to like throw shade at Marcus, where he has the blue glasses because he's a, a Google trainer, and I'm an innovator, so I get the red glasses. <laughs> oh, so that was yeah. that was another angle that we tried to yeah. go at with. But yeah. you know, it, uh, we decided to stick with. There's one slightly taller, and that one's Marcus, so he got the red glasses. But. So, Marcus, it has been one year. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> but here we are, one year later. Yes. I just, I don't know what to say. Like, do we just summarize because it's been kind of a crazy it's been a crazy ride man like that's what i want to say but i don't know <laughs> you know uh, I, I don't know i was gonna i was gonna uh, at the office today i was going to google search what is the gift you know how every anniversary is a gift <laughs> you know like oh your fifth anniversary is the gift of paper like you're gonna, uh, you were gonna give me like diamonds or something oh i wasn't gonna get you anything i just oh. wanted to know what it was so that maybe there was some sort of semblance to this conversation. Right. I never actually did that. Well, there's um, never any semblance to any of these conversations. They're really <laughs> just a lead into the show. But, right, right. Uh, you know, we wanted to we wanted to at least talk about it. It's it's been a fun um, it's been a fun 12 months and we've had some really great guests on. I just like when I think back, you know, we started this just to become better educators and better users of Canvas and connect to this community of great people that were already established to each other, right, in an audio format. And, man, it's just, we, like, I, it's been nuts, and it's blown up, like, and probably mostly, like, we can blame COVID for people wanting to learn more about Canvas, right? But also, right. like, we feel at the end of this, it's not the end. I shouldn't say that. Sorry, but at the end of season one, right? Man, we had a we've had a really good time. Yeah, I think uh, for, I, I did actually think about this a little bit this morning. Um, some of the some of my thinking happened while I was changing my flat tire this morning. Oh God! Ha Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but truthfully, I, I did give this some thought, and, and honestly, for me, uh, you know, what's made us want to, you know, knock out a couple episodes every month and, and reach out to these amazing people in the community uh, is those people. Um, you know, we have fun. Eddie and I are going to hang out and talk nonsense anyway. 
Um, and it just so happens that we get to network with these people who, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everybody that we've dealt with and talked to and interviewed, they were they were doing it before we were, you know. Now, granted, I we joke about me being old and being the OG and all this other stuff um, in Canvas. But in terms of the community, I wasn't. I wasn't involved. I wasn't going to the community page. I wasn't following any of these people on social media. I wasn't. I was not in that. I was not hooked in that way. Right. And this uh, opportunity has really been uh, an amazing experience in understanding just the power of the PLN and the power of a network of people that are, you know, like-minded, are all sharing in the same um, mindset and career path. And whether you're a pre preschool Canvas user, uh, which they, they're out there, um, and whether you're, you know, in higher ed or a CTE, or uh, we've got folks, you know, we've got people that follow us on Twitter that are like, uh, it's like a, a dental school in, in right. England, yeah. you know, so we've got all sorts of folks uh, that use Canvas and just, I would have never guessed that I'd get the opportunity to meet, let alone uh, get to talk to a Paul uh, Towers or a, a, a Khalid or uh, any of the folks that we've been able to talk through, talk to nationwide. I mean, right. it's just bonkers. You know, it's funny, Marcus. I'm, <laughs> I for this conversation, I thought it would be cool to to go over this, but um, I don't know if you remember this, but very early on, this was probably our first few weeks of having a podcast. We developed like Canvas Casters future statements. Like we made like a short term like vision goal. We had a why statement. We talked about you know what this would mean long term. Yep. And here was our so we oh, had boy. A, we had a year goal. And our goal is to do 24 episodes. We did 26. This is a 26th episode. So All right. check, right? Yep. Big check mark on that one. 3,000 total plays. Three? <laughs> that was our goal. Our go Ooh, crushed it. <laughs> crushed it. Our goal is 3,000 downloads. And oh. we are happy to announce that we just reached, because of your support and being the fantastic audience that we have, uh, we just reached 12,000 total downloads, and, <laughs> and our goal was three. Completely underestimated that, right? That's uh, crazy. We also had on here uh, 500. We had a 500 estimated audience. So um, podcasting numbers are really weird because it's such a transient population. Sometimes you listen, sometimes you don't. Uh, the way that it, it gets tracked is, is very nerdy. Um, but we think we're probably over that number, uh, probably in the six to 700 um, audience range, which is awesome. So uh, to all of you that continue to listen and to share uh, our little podcast with the world, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, that's why we're going to continue this thing into season two and continue to provide you opportunities for swag and um, contests that companies that reach out to us and want to be involved is, is something that we're really passionate about and want to give back to you as a listener with our stickers and um, just really great. Like when the world is good again and, right. and we all can be in person, we're, we're going to blow this thing out, right? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> like we're really excited to finally meet everybody in person. Yep. I, yeah. I, all the, all the things, you know, that's crazy to me. Uh, that was out of left field. I did not expect Eddie to go deep in, uh, deep into the archives. I did. Uh, 
for that. That's that's good stuff uh, because that really is a glimpse at uh, what can happen in the course of a year. Uh, and, and you know, you're, it's the classic case of the goals and expectations, and then what actually uh, comes to fruition. And, and that's actually really, really awesome uh, to to look back on that. Uh, along the same lines, like you know, I told I told Eddie uh, about at the beginning of this, you know, as we were gaining followers on Twitter and on social platforms and um, our upcoming episode, I think will make this even more clear, but um, actually the current episode, uh, but just the, the, the rate at which, um, you know, the network can grow is just baffling and the, the impact and the, and the reach is so impressive. And I told Eddie, you know, I think Eddie was probably, he probably texted me some morning and was like, hey man, we just, we just broke 300 followers on Twitter. <laughs> and, and I told him, I was like, uh, talk to me when we're in the thousands and then I might be like kind of excited. <laughs> and uh, and, and we're, we've gotten there, surprisingly yeah. enough. Um, right. So, I mean, to me, uh, there's so many little sort of nuggets of, just coolness that have that we've been blessed to experience when we're able to talk to uh you know an Aaron Ferguson in California and he's you know he he took a picture at one point months ago and was like look got you guys up on the slide deck for our PD and I'm like this this is amazing it means the world to us right yeah like it's just incredible I, I think it's hard not to get emotional about that stuff but you guys really have carried this thing, you know, if we didn't have the support from you guys financially or just the retweets and the likes. And I mean, that's what it's really was all about is just growing the audience to a place where there are times people have canvas questions and they tag us and Marcus and I are not canvas experts, although we, we'd like to think we are, right. but we, but then we can get in contact with the people that are right. So yeah. people have come to us as kind of like a, I feel like we're, we're some type of middleman mob, right? But like we're, we, we basically have uh, activated the canvas fam and, uh, and they get to work and that's just, it's so special to be a part of of that type of thing. And I think more than anything, we just wanted to have this conversation as like, we just appreciate the heck out of every single one of our listeners and, and supporters of the podcast. Yeah. And, and not only just supporting and like, you know, liking tweets and, and chiming in here and there, but we've talked about this a ton and I've talked about this to other, other folks in other areas of, you know, the business world and education and so forth. For for me, it's yes, it's about this Canvas fam, this community of people, but it's about the the level of engagement and activity uh, of you guys. It, it's not like you just are sort of passively listening or passively like yeah, like 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 whatever. You you guys are are active and engaged, not just with what we're saying and doing, but in helping others in being involved in, in, in fixing problems and providing solutions and ideas, uh, you know, on all platforms and not just involving our podcast on Facebook groups, on the community itself, on our podcast 
and, and it's just amazing. I, I'm honestly, and I, I've, my addiction to social media has probably grown because of this. But when I wake up, one of the very first things I do is go to Twitter. And there's not a day that goes by that are, there's not a notification for Canvas Casters uh, on Twitter. And there's not, a, there's not a day that goes by that I don't go there and see people interacting with each other, talking shop, sharing ideas and help. And if we have anything to do with that, then we've, we've won. Yep. Oh, absolutely. This, <laughs> we have. We, this was more than we could have ever imagined. And we cannot wait for you to not only listen to the last episode of season one, which what better way to end it than these ginormous uh, Canvas Facebook groups and, yes. and their admins and their leaders. And it's a great conversation. This is what we would consider a mega episode to end season one. So you're going to be, hopefully you're in this for the long haul. It, split it up if you have to, but we're going to release it as one episode. And obviously we are enthusiastically excited about season two and what that's going to bring. And hopefully we can continue to bring you great guests and do what this podcast was always meant to do, which was to just shine a spotlight on you as an educator using the platform to enrich learning worldwide. That's actually in our mission statement, Marcus. Look at that. That's right. I'm pulling Look it all that. out. I'm pulling it all that. out. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. And we can't wait for you guys to hear episode 26, the end of season one. Let's go. Welcome to episode 26 of the Canvas Casters podcast. Uh, let's start by introducing our listeners to a couple of outstanding educators from Kansas. Carrie Gardner started out as a graphic designer, but then followed her passion to become a teacher. She spent nine years as an elementary art teacher, two years as an instructional design coach, and is now in her second year as a K-12 district coordinator of blended learning in the Blue Valley School District. Carrie's partner in crime, Lindsay Hallett. Lindsay taught third and fourth grade for 10 years and spent three years as an instructional design coach. This year is her first year as a district coordinator of blended learning, also in the Blue Valley School District. Welcome to the podcast, oh, the duo. Thank we are you. So excited to be here. Thanks for hey, having hey. us. Yeah. Hey, we're we're excited. We're really. We've for those you know tuning in for the first time here. Um, we're familiar with the the dynamic duo here um, in a number of different ways. Uh, but we wanted to welcome you to the show. We're excited to have you guys on. But before we get into you know, the, the, the crux of the conversation, let's just deal with the sort of the elephant in the room here. Um, these two have done a thing <laughs> and they've, they've done this thing on Facebook. They created this canvas, uh, for elementary Facebook user group. And I believe, you know, they can sort of confirm or deny, but, I checked the numbers on Monday and uh, it was at 118, almost 118,000 members. Ooh, um, easy. So, you know, I can't even name 118,000 anything. <laughs> um, and, and you guys have actual human beings 
at least That's most true. of those yep. people have got to be actual Hopefully. human beings. Yeah. Um, There's a couple so, spammers in there. Yeah, there might be. There a few bots. Be. It's a few bots. It is, it is social media. But um, so let's just get right to it. Why? Why? Why did you do such a thing? I ask myself that a lot. No. Um, truthfully, it's so funny. And I actually, I need to go back and find the actual teacher that emailed me. She emailed me about if she could add a digital sticker to a assignment that a student submitted. I thought, sure, there's got to be a way, right? And of course, you know, like not a roundabout way, but a quick and easy way. So I was a member of some other Facebook groups. I hopped on those, searched through the groups to see if I could find anything, and nothing was Canvas specific. And then I uh, decided to search Facebook for a Canvas for Elementary group, and I couldn't find one. Um, now, there may have been one that existed, but my search was not very good, apparently, and I did not find one. Um, so I hopped into those same groups that I'd kind of been looking for the answer in and said, hey, does anyone know of a group? Um, if not, I'm, I'm starting one. Here it is. And I posted it maybe in like three or four groups and said, if there's already a group, I'll delete mine and I'll join yours. And um, apparently there wasn't one and everyone just kind of came over to our group. Um, I still don't actually have the answer, though, about <laughs> how to do a digital sticker. And in fact, the this is like showing just how like lame I am about a Facebook group. I um, actually put that as the membership question to begin with. <laughs> so like to get into the group, it was like, how do you do a digital sticker in Canvas? <laughs> and then like someone answered it and I was like, why are they? Oh, I did not. I meant that as a post, not as a, a membership question. So clearly oh. I am very qualified to be an admin of a Facebook group. I'm kind of embarrassed for you right now. <laughs> um, I want to put a sticker on the um, on a digital assignment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's the story of how the group got started. And that's here awesome. we are. <laughs> it was interesting because we were working on a project kind of at the start of the summer when she had started this. And she's like, Lindsay, I have like 300 people. And I'm like, no way. Like, who are these people? And what are you guys talking about? And then the next day, I'd be like, I have 550. I'm like, what? And it just kept growing. And it's just been amazing to see how many educators are joining and kind of engaging each day talking then, about Canvas. Right. And then I don't do anything without Lindsay. So I'm like, Lindsay, <laughs> she was actually off of Facebook and I made her get back on. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is true friendship right, right? there. That, is. that really is. On right. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, it's, inter it's interesting because Marcus and I, we don't also, I don't do anything without Marcus and Marcus doesn't do anything without me. That's just the way we roll. Yep, so, absolutely. See? I mean, that's why we started the podcast. But One right. dynamic duo to the next. Right. Hey. It's incredible. <laughs> united by the, united by the learning management system. Who would have thought, right? Oh, um, now I'm embarrassed for all of us. Right. Nerd <laughs> level is like, it's, hey. It's very high. Everyone is just skipping past this segment with all of us. Um but I guess my question is because you've you've had this experience. Now I've always said nothing good happens on Facebook. So and I'm I was with you, Lindsay. I didn't have an account until I our schools were doing more things on Facebook, and I was like, well, I guess I better have an account again because I'm going to have to manage Facebook pages. So I, I jumped back in, and when Marcus started a Facebook page for the Canvas Casters, obviously I was like, well, I better be a moderator for that. So because I had deleted my account a long time ago. Um, but what is, I guess this is a great way to like good or bad, right? But what experience of that Facebook group, um, has taught you guys that you now take to blue Valley. Cause I think a lot of times in this podcast, Marcus and I will be like feverishly taking notes 
this is this is so awesome. Like we're taking this back to our schools. Um, so what good stuff has come out that you guys have seen that you're like, I am we're taking this back to Blue Valley like tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. Well, what's funny is like, I thought when I was creating the group, like I would be, we've only used Canvas for three years in our district. I guess we're in our fourth year now. And so I thought I would join it and then I would get advice from other people. Right. And when it first started, it was more like I was giving advice to people. And I then started to get questions and I didn't realize like what an expert blind spot I had and like things that came so easy to me in Canvas. All of a sudden I was getting like kind of pegged with these questions and thought, wow, I had to like really kind of take myself back to the beginning and being a beginning user of Canvas and figuring out like, how do I break that down? And even with our teachers, our elementary teachers have really just started using it this year with remote learning. We used it last year as our grade book, but beyond that, there was no real expectation. And so it was one of those like, okay, this is, this, this is a good sampling of like what our teachers are feeling and how can I then take what these teachers are asking in this group and be able to provide those answers for my teachers. And of course, then like the videos that I was sharing in the very beginning were very like blue valleyized, you know, it was like, oh, this is how we do it in our district. And I quickly found out that not every district handles canvas the same way oh, yeah. um, so it's kind of one of those like people are then watching my videos and like we don't have that and I was like oh gosh sorry about that <laughs> or oh you have this we you know so it's just kind of an interesting um you know it's just it really helped me to really take those steps back and and think that I need to really break it down and that I knew more about canvas than I thought I did and even with talking with our teachers I'd like throw stuff out there and not deeply explain it and uh, the group really helped me kind of take that step back and really start at a more basic level and be able to, to help our teachers see it with like fresher eyes. Yeah, and one thing we also learned was we, you know, deployed this Canvas campout series that had a bunch of videos and guides to really help teachers learn all of the things about Canvas. And we were super proud about um, all the resources we provided everyone. And then we did something similar with our teachers as well. And we kind of came to realize not everyone, just like our students, not every teacher is learning the same way or learns best the same way. Okay, not everyone wants a video, not everyone wants a guide, um, and not everyone does well in that on-demand type of professional learning. So, okay, if teachers aren't thriving in that environment, what else can we do to support them? And so that was a way for us to take back to Blue Valley. Okay. If, you know, we had done something similar in our district and they were like, okay, so when am I going to learn about Canvas? We're like, well, you, you just did that. <laughs> we thought, yes. you know, so, okay, what do they need? Um, that didn't work for them, but what else can we do to support them? It's such an incredible labor of love. And Marcus and I have talked about this too. Like we didn't, we didn't get in this to, to make money. Like this was a hobby for us. We just enjoy, we've talked about this in our, our little group as well, right? Like we all feel very personally invested in the success of Canvas to, to other people. And uh, man, what better way, Marcus, to end? We'll talk about this maybe uh, later, but like what better way to end season one than to have two people that love Canvas that are putting their lives on the line for 118,000 people. <laughs> every uh, day. Every day to, to talk about an LMS. I mean, goodness, are you kidding me? This is what separates Canvas from almost every other LMS is that people are willing to create these really cool, engaging experiences and to do it because they love it, not because they're going to get famous or they're going to make money because Marcus and I can attest <laughs> none of that ever happens. No, I'm nope. uh, trying. <laughs> we're still trying, I'm trying uh, but, but it's, not nope. <laughs> it's not working out. So, um, but yeah, thank you guys. That's, uh, this is incredible. What you're doing is incredible. Continue 
continue to do it because there will come a time where um, it if it's not already overwhelming, it will become overwhelming. <laughs> it, it, <so>. is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> right. It's like, what did I sign? Like, what kind of hobby is this? Like, is this a hobby? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it I is. I think so. Yeah. yeah. The, what, I, what I like about both of your responses, and, and I, 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 I'd be lying if I said that I didn't ask you that question for sort of a reason because uh, I had I had I had an inkling right because again we've got lots of connections here uh, and, and I think Eddie sort of stated it we with your with your Facebook group with what with what we're doing there is we're getting a lot out of it and, and, and you know not just content knowledge about Canvas or anything like that but both of you guys spoke to how your day-to-day and your approaches and strategies to what, you know, I affectionately call my real job. (laughs) Um, I've got a bug in in the room. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, My real job, you know, this helps my real job. And, you know, it helps me, like you said, like different strategies, different approaches. Um, I've approached professional learning in my district differently um, from things just like you guys have talked about, like, okay, I'm going to have large group. I'm going to have small group. I'm going to have one-on-one. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how unique every person is in your district in terms of needs. We say it out loud all the time and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. It's just like, it's just like everybody in the classroom, every kid in the classroom learns differently, yada, yada, yada. But it's sometimes it's, I for you can forget that as when you're dealing with, you know, adults. And it's like, oh, I would have never guessed that that person would really love if I just dumped a bunch of stuff into Canvas, into a module for a professional learning PD class, which I'll do that. And there'll be people that love that. And they ask me questions about it. And then they'll, then there's people that will never look at that. And they, they just want to sit down one-on-one with me. Right. And, and it's just, it's, I, I love that what you're gathering from this sort of, uh, <laughs> big data set, you know, is something that you can also take back. And there's some investment of time, as you've stated, but you're getting something back as well, which is really, really cool. So as two teachers who are relatively new uh, to your current roles, focusing on blended learning, what are some of the things that you have been surprised by? Is there some sort of uh, misconception that maybe you had uh, in previous roles about folks that did what you are currently doing? Um, Is there something that has changed in your mindset uh, as you've transitioned into a a little bit of a different role the last few years? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is not everyone is as excited about blended learning or technology as the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand it. (laughs) I know, it's weird, right? So we always like to think that technology really allows us to elevate and do elevate what we do best as teachers in the classroom. And quite frankly, a lot of people see it as a roadblock. And we always talk about how technology can make you work smarter, not harder. And other people feel very passionately the opposite. And so that's been one of our biggest challenges is how to kind of what Carrie talked about before, like how do we take what we're doing, streamline it a little bit, slow it down a little bit to get everyone up to speed and feel comfortable with it like we do. Yeah. And then, I mean, just kind of thinking about like that misconception piece, like I think back now being in this role, Lindsay and I have said to each other so many times, like, man, if we were back in the classroom, like we do this, 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 yep. this differently, you know, and it's just like, it gives you 
such a different perspective in the sense that like when you're teaching, you really can't see the forest through the trees. You know, like you are just tunnel vision on what you're doing and what you need, what your students need and all of those demands that come with being a teacher, especially right now. You know, it's like being in this role and being able to step back. I think I've seen like, I felt like as a teacher, I had to be like the keeper of that knowledge. Um, I kind of described it like as like the cruise director. Like it was my job to make sure our ship was on schedule and that we were doing this activity and this and this and this and our whole day was planned out and it was going to be smooth sailing. And now I think back and I'm like, gosh, I wish I'd given my students more ownership in the classroom. You know, I wish that I had been able to step out of that comfort zone and be able to turn that over to them and like live in that discomfort of like, what is this student going to do right now? And is it going to be okay? (laughs) Um, But the idea of them just being able to take that active role and not just in their own learning, but in our actual classroom, like what could I have done to facilitate that and be able to allow my students to really feel a vested interest in our classroom community and then in turn in their learning. And then of course it always comes back to, and then how would I have used technology, technology to support that? Right. Yeah. And I, the, and I'm, I'm guessing a little bit at, you know, sort of the day to day of, of your roles. Um, I, I feel like it's pretty similar to the kind of work that I do um, in that, you know, it's corporation wide. Um, and, and in my case, I feel like I have, like the greatest job ever because I am not um, stuck behind a desk unless I need to be. Um, And I I get to go into classrooms and and sit with teachers and observe and watch remote teachers currently, which has kind of been a focus uh, in, in my district and having kind of the best of both worlds. Like I can, I can, I have an office, I can go there and I can work on things in quiet and I can listen to my music, but then I can also be right there in the thick of it in a fourth grade class, uh, watching the teacher, um, being of assistance, uh, helping out, meeting and interacting with folks throughout the buildings. And I think that connection to the classroom with roles like this Mm -hmm. is the most important thing. Uh, because I truly feel like the more I'm in a, an actual real life classroom, mm-hmm. um, the more I'm able to be compassionate and be understanding and see clearly exactly what Carrie was describing, the challenges, the day to day. There are times where I can't even remember what what I was really feeling on a day to day teaching, you know, Shakespeare to 17 year olds. Um, <laughs> I don't there are times where I'm like, I don't really, I don't really know how that went. Um, but when you mentioned, when you talked about um, being the the owner of the knowledge, that was, I think probably that's the point, that realization, the sooner a teacher makes that realization is <laughs> the sooner, the better. Um, for me, it was much later <laughs> than it probably <laughs> should have been. Um, but when I, I'm not going to tell the story again, people listen to the podcast, probably heard it two or three times, but the point was ultimately when I was able to, to, to do that step back, let go a little bit and just recognize I didn't have all the info, but guess what? Somebody in the room did that changed my teaching from that point forward. And it ultimately, I think it kind of drop kicked me into uh, the, the passion I have for what I do now, because it, it sort of let me realize that like, it was okay to not know everything. And part of that with tech, stuff 
and curriculum stuff is trial and error and learning and trying and tinkering and, and playing around with what we're doing. And so uh, I love that you, you, you're both m mentioning sort of that kind of thing. It's like, oh, you know, we got more in, in common than just uh, social media and, and very flat states. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Lindsay, I, you know, for me and, and for district leadership, I want to get your take on, um, I know that, I've always harped on, you know, remembering what it felt like uh, to be in that classroom. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to have, I think, administrators, district leaders, uh, people in your roles um, so often that can that can get caught up and forget what it was like to be in the classroom. I think when I when I talk to people and they ask me, you know, what do you what do you felt like made that a success or how do you how do you think that went or why did that go differently than you may have anticipated? And I think for me, I always come back to like, I'll never forget what it's like to be a teacher, a first year teacher. I'll never forget what that's like. You know, I'll never forget what it's like to be a, a fifth a fifth year teacher. Right. And um, with so many initiatives that get thrown at them with little support and, and new ways to facilitate that learning. Um, what are you specifically trying to do to kind of help maintain that balance or um, strategies that you're using in your districts to kind of help uh, with that transition? Because as we know, because we're seeing it all the time and in our, in our comments through the podcast or looking on your Facebook page, we are seeing the frustration, right? And, um, you know, how are you guys combating that at, at Blue Valley? You know, it, it's funny because this actually kind of goes back to a, a story that's slightly related, but I had an amazing administrator who um, had to have some really difficult conversations with parents. And I remember asking her, like, how do you have those conversations? Like, how do you stay so calm and in control and not seem anxious when you're having those conversations? And she gave me seriously, like the best piece of advice I've ever received as an educator. She says, if I'm always doing what I know is best for the students, those conversations are never hard. And I feel like that has guided me through pretty much anything when it comes to education. Because I think about now, you know, like when we're starting to feel overwhelmed, when I've got, you know, like my inbox is full of teachers, like frustrated and overwhelmed. And I think back, okay, how can I help this teacher do what she needs to do to do what's best for kids? And if I can answer that question at the end of the day, like has everything I've done today assisted a teacher in helping her students be able to do what they need to do and do what's best for them, then I've had a successful day. You know, and obviously there's, you know, a lot of other administrative tasks that go into my day, but at the crux of it, it's, am I helping teachers do what's best for students? And that's what's guided me. And even thinking about, you know, like being that teacher that has that teacher next door, that's like Instagram perfect. You know, like, <laughs> you know, she's got the, the perfect bulletin board. She's got the most beautiful name tags. And I'm sitting here like, you know, <laughs> a poor man's Mary or poor man's Carrie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, but, but is what I am doing without the beautiful bulletin, without the beautiful Canvas homepage is what I'm doing best for my students. And if I can answer yes to that, then I can, I can let the comparing of the Joneses go. And I can just focus on what I'm doing and my students. And that kind of helps me at least reframe my thinking going into everything. And Carrie and I, this may be a shock, but we always want to <laughs> do all the things um, and we get carried away and we're like, okay, but what about if we tried this and then we could do this? And we have to really ground ourselves and we kind of go back to that backward design approach. Okay, 
by the end of the first quarter, what do we hope to have accomplished with our teachers and what do we hope that they have accomplished in their classrooms? How do we get to that point? Because we can't do it all, especially now. And we keep saying to our teachers, you know, you know, less is more, keep it simple, dial it back. And we have to do the same for ourselves because we do have lofty goals for ourselves and lofty goals in our district. But right now we just have to take one step forward every single day and say, okay, what's something new we can try and do, but we, we can't do it all. And that's really hard for us. And it's really hard for all teachers as well. Um, but that's how we try to balance it all. We don't do well. <laughs> that's, that's really good advice though. And that's something that um, I've, I've certainly seen that with, um, with our fully remote teachers uh, in our district is, you know, they are, I mean, all teachers are that they're perfect perfectionists. We want to be perfect. Uh, we want, as you said, the Instagram, you know, classroom, <laughs> uh, which I love by the way. Um, but uh, the, what was really tough for, for our fully remote teachers was exactly that, right? Like it, they couldn't even fathom um, or, or grasp just how much we were really asking them to do to recreate themselves, recreate what it is that they know as teaching to do all that in an, in an, uh, uh, an unfamiliar space. Um, they didn't even think about that. They were just angry and frustrated at themselves because they expected something that was truthfully unrealistic. Right. <laughs> and so I, you know, we, my, my, there's another me, believe it or not, which is a frightening thing, but she's much better. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but my, my cohort in crime, uh, at Logansport is, uh, her name's Brandy. And she, um, we, we sort of joked, uh, you know, throughout the first couple of months here about, you know, we're kind of more, definitely more along the therapist, uh, ilk, uh, and, and more coaching than training, uh, here in the first, uh, couple of months, just because of that. It's like, you know what? you're doing a great job. Like you, I can tell you what I'm seeing is awesome. And so when we're doing these, the work that we do with coaching and, and things like that, it's like, so uh, it's refreshing and frustrating all at the same time. I'm frustrated that they're frustrated, but I'm refreshed because they have such high expectations for what they're going to do for kids. Well, and um, we know so. specifically like through canvas, there's so much, right? And I, and I think we're the people that are transitioning or they're coming off of using other LMS tools. It's very base level. You can do two or three things. It works really good inside an ecosystem. But Canvas allows you, it basically takes that and just explodes it into like a million other pieces. And you can get fragmented in all of these little things. And especially elementary teachers, which I'm so glad you're doing this work, right? But they they want simple. They want because they are thinking about the end user. They're think my wife is a third grade teacher. I get it. Like they are thinking about what that end user is going to be doing. And they are so I don't I can't tell you how many times I see on the Facebook page, you know, Canvas is so overwhelming. I do not understand. It's too hard. Well, teaching isn't easy, right? And and learning a new system isn't easy either. But if you just break it down into like, what do you want it to do? We can make it look exactly like that. Like 
like it gives you the flexibility to do that. And then if you want to do more, we can bring in a little bit more, which is why I think we've tried to focus on, especially on our Canvas specific stuff, uh, Canvas for Elementary specific stuff that we do. And I know you guys have been trying to do that as well as just like keep it simple, keep it small, have little tiny wins because those are the things that like need to happen to, to generate some engagement long-term. If you're just going to be frustrated and shut down, we, we expect these of our teachers to, to really dig in and like learn something new. Um, and they expect those same expectations from their students. So we're trying to find that and it's hard, like this balance is super hard. It's a, it's a hard conversation to have, but can we find ways to, to make it easy for them? And I think, drilling down into those little simple bite-sized pieces of like, okay, just use announcements. I think that's what I was focusing on. Like just do announcements this week. That's all you're going to do. Just put announcements on. That's all, that's all I want you to do. So I can, you can get used to that. Right. Um, we're not going to, you're not going to recreate your entire learning environment overnight and then have your elementary students jump on and everybody's going to get it. That is like Marcus said, an unrealistic expectation. So. Well, and even if you have your student doing the exact same thing all week long, like that's great. Then they're really good at that one thing. And then next week you can try one more thing and add it on. You know, who cares if they're doing a text entry assignment every single day for a week or two weeks or however long you need them to do that, you know, but then you can then start to add on to that and build on to that once you and your students are more comfortable. Well, and I think we sometimes forget what it was like face-to-face -face with our students because we're focused so much on this virtual world right now where, oh my gosh, it would take my students two months to figure out how to put a paper in the red folder. You know what I mean? And that was with me face-to-face -face telling them, okay, red folder, paper, you know, but it's like the same thing is in our, in our digital world too. Like it takes practice and revisiting it over and over and over and modeling it and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations and maybe those one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions, but it's the same way in the classroom. And I think we sometimes forget about that a little, like, oh, lining up in a line to walk down the hall took a quarter sometimes, you know? Yep. So how does that look like in the digital world? Yeah, that's we, it. One no, thing go we ahead. experienced today, we did a PL with um, teachers about you know, really optimizing your homepage and your Canvas course. And we had reached out to a few teachers to say, hey, we love what you're doing. Can we, you know, share that in our PL session because you're doing awesome stuff. And they're like, no way. You want to share my homepage? And we're like, yes, it, it has everything that you need. Your students are able to access everything. It's engaging and welcoming. And and they were just shocked. So the teachers aren't giving themselves enough credit right now. And, and it's nice to be able to build them up. Yep. Absolutely. The, yeah, the, it's the procedures are different, right? Yeah. You know, and it's, and I, again, secondary, Eddie knows we're used to, we don't, we the, don't do potty. We <laughs> don't do teachers. We, if y'all yeah. want to wash your hands, we suggest it. We urge it, but <laughs> yes. we're not going to make, why are you asking me? There. Just go do it. Just do yep. it. Um, <laughs> you know, there are no lines. We line up for, for lunch. Uh, yeah. there, you know, yeah. And in the hallways, it's a free-for-all. Uh, so we come from a different place. However, last year, I was housed in an elementary, and I learned a lot. And oh, I bet. I, it was amazing. And I was like, I love this little place. There's all these little people running around. They, <laughs> uh, like, uh, they think I'm a giant. This is awesome. They're like, hey, Mr. Big Fix-It guy. And they're pointing at me. And they're, you know, this kind of stuff. But the but the, the truth of it was, and, and seeing that as a 
kind of an outsider just in terms of what I was accustomed to. Seeing that procedural effort that that elementary uh, teachers focus on at the beginning of the year, when I came into uh, this year, knowing what I knew was going to be in terms of having remote learning and so forth, I was just people thought I was nuts because I was like, look, if you're going to be remote, it's going to take you three to four times as long to do the most basic thing just because it's online. Get ready. And they're like, oh, you know, they're looking at me like, oh, the new guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know. And I'm like, watch and see. And and I've been telling the the face-to-face teachers, like practice now when they're, when you do have them, because we do have, we're face-to-face and then we have, we, people had the choice to be remote. And so our face-to-face teachers, um, you know, they're, they're in there doing the things digitally as much as possible because they can't get Marcus to shut up <laughs> about telling them that if, something changes tomorrow, you don't want to teach them how to navigate around Canvas while in a Google Meet or in a Zoom or whatever. You want them to be acquainted with the environment already. And (laughs) there were some eye rolls, I'm sure, because they're like, this this dude is like neurotic about this. Um, But it's exactly what you're talking about. It's procedures. They just look different. (laughs) We're not we're not walking in the hallway holding up weird hand gestures to show that we're being quiet. Um, It's like, how do you tell how do you teach a kindergarten? Yeah. How do you teach a kindergartner how to navigate between tabs? right? They've got their canvas instance open. They click on something. Maybe that thing opens up in a new tab. Goodness gracious. Like that's a real thing that teachers are teaching, you know? Uh, and it's that, it's that procedure. And basically here's how things function. Um, well, and we've thrown teachers into an environment that like they knew their procedures in the classroom. They knew what that looked like in real life, but then put it in a digital world. And it's like, they're uncertain of themselves. And then they're having to teach the students those procedures that they're still not confident in. And it just adds a whole nother layer of, of the world we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. So with all of that, the, this idea, um, you know, you guys are talking about celebrating teachers and, and Eddie brought up, you know, this, uh, what is, sort of a foundational thing that we try to do is, you know, be focused, be uh, keeping things simple. Um, But you also get to see so much of what teachers are doing. You get to see that you get to coach them up, you get to celebrate when they're doing great things. And you get to see the sort of the fruits of that labor. So what are, you know, what are some really cool, interesting, or innovative ways that you've seen some teachers there at Blue Valley or teachers you're familiar with? Uh, how, how have you seen them using Canvas in cool ways so far this year? Well, we have awesome teachers in our district and they are working so hard, whether they give themselves credit or not, but they're rocking it. And it's so fun to be kind of on the sidelines, but kind of in their space as well, being able to cheer them on and help them get to that place. And, you know, we have hybrid right now and we're going to be going back face to face, but we also have 100% virtual as well. And so one of the coolest things we've seen in our virtual world is some of our teachers, yes, they're able to take some of their same learning experiences and make them digital for their students. But the coolest part is seeing them create that class community digitally because, yeah, I can throw an assignment and they can respond with a text or video. But how am I allowing them to connect with one another and to have that um, that community feel in a digital space. And so we have 
quite a few teachers doing this, but one we kind of looked at this week was, you know, she was still having student of the week and we're only three weeks in. So the fact that she's doing this already, she has student of the week teachers or the students and the classmates are voting on their class, um, their class motto and their mascot and just having that sense of ownership. And she's already able to do that digitally. It's just so impressive to me. And as soon as you click into her course, you instantly feel welcomed and a part of her community. And the fact that she can do that so quickly in that space is so impressive. Another thing um, we've had a few of our teachers say, you know, right now they're hybrid, but we are going back face to face. And they're like, okay, we, you know, we have this Canvas thing down for the most part, but when we are back face to face, we still want to use it. And that was kind of our biggest fear is they're seeing this only, yes, let's right? <laughs> you know, not everyone's there yet, but we might get them there. But our biggest fear with having to use Canvas this year, thinking of remote and and virtual learning is that they're only seeing it as that kind of a tool for virtual remote. And our, you know, biggest push is blended learning. How can we have a flipped classroom approach? Let's clone yourselves. Let's provide those rich experiences for your students. And the fact that teachers are already seeing the value of Canvas in that face-to-face -face classroom is a huge win for us. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Let's hold on. I'm writing that down. Let's clone yourself. <laughs> we use that word yes, a lot. Um, <laughs> Cloning. Is, by why Canvas. can't I? Why have which, I never come up with that before? Which one, like that the is, Star Trek? Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But that's serious, though. That is legit. Like putting it in that frame of reference. Like I always say, like I would like to give you time back so you can do what you do best, which is teach. That's what you got into this to do, right? So why can't I make some of this other stuff that you kind of really wish there was a better way of doing because it takes you a long time. What if I made that easier for you online? That's why I love ed tech so much. Right. Yeah. Um, so I want to give you time back, like do what you do best, which is teach, but I'm going to steal that one, which is let's go ahead and just make a clone of yourself. So you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. <laughs> right, I'm yep. stealing that tomorrow. Well, we, so thank like, you very and much. And actually our, our canvas con session, we talk about that, like how basically you can make yourself a video and then you essentially have in elementary world, it's these kidney tables that the teachers sit at, you know? Uh -huh. And so it's one of those, like now you have like basically a second kidney table where that kid is watching you and you're able to give that personalized instruction. So it's kind of, that's, yeah, we definitely use that cloning themselves a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. And we are, unfortunately, we are running out of time, which I absolutely hate because I want to have you guys on for like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, but it really brings us to kind of what Marcus and I truly believe has become like a fan favorite of the show, Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, what's in your canvas backpack. <laughs> Uh, or satchel or satchel or fanny sack. pack, your, your knapsack. knapsack. I love all those things. Uh, <laughs> what are your absolute favorite tips, tricks, and tools within canvas, uh, that you guys think are absolutely vital, uh, for your teachers uh, to know about and use? I would just like to let you know that there was a lot of pressure in this question. There is. This is one that like really had to think about. And honestly, there's just so many different things. But I think for me, um, Lindsay and I um, are big fans of the Bold School book by uh, Weston. I can never say his last name correctly. Um, but he talks in there about there's one, you know, using online discussions to allow the, that quiet kid in the class to be able to really get their 
thinking and give them time to process and think about their answers and then even get feedback from their classmates to then feel more comfortable sharing. Now, clearly I was not the kid in class that was not comfortable sharing. (laughs) (laughs) I maybe talked a little too much, Um, but you know, I did though then see those quieter kids in my class and I wondered, what are they thinking? Like what, how can I bring them out of that shell? And I think online discussions and especially the way Canvas has it structured, like I think it can be such a powerful tool and making those quieter kids in class be able to highlight their knowledge and find out what's inside their head and then feel valued for what they have to bring to the table and to bring to that discussion. So my, if I had one thing in that backpack, I would, I would take Canvas discussions. Can I have two things in my backpack? No. You can put, put a bunch of stuff in there. Just <laughs> okay. pack it full. Load it up. <laughs> yes, I win. Okay. My first thing is like the power of video. And really, it may be the power of the rich content editor because a lot of questions we see in our Facebook group is, how do I get to see my students' math work? Them, you know, showing each step, you know, carrying the two, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, give them all the options, let them explain their thinking with audio or a video or a drawing, and not just that paper pencil format. So I think it's video, but also that rich content editor, allowing them to share their learning in a way that's works best for them. And my other one, and this is kind of a new feature that I've kind of latched onto is just in SpeedGrader being able to grade anonymously. I think that is so powerful and allows us to grade the work for what it is and not have any bias in our grading practices, Um, especially with our district really being standards-based grading focused right now. um, That feature of grading anonymously is amazing. That is, I I wish that was uh, available when I was, when I was, uh, when I was younger and I was, uh, but, but honestly, years ago, long, long ago, eons. back when the dinosaurs roamed. right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm chipping away at a piece of granite. right now. Um, But I honestly, as again, as, as a high school, middle school, high school, English teacher, like it's, it's all about writing, you know, and as much as I would give feedback about voice and things like that, Sometimes you could just look and you just knew I unfortunately could look at a name and have a pre-built set of possible expectations and parameters for this individual. And as much as I tried to not allow that to happen, it just did. And I am confident that had that tool been in the Canvas backpack when I was, you know, grading essays on, you know, the last 100 pages of Les Mis, um, that I would have been able to look at the writing with a with a bit more distance, um, and probably been able to eliminate some of those some of those biases uh, that may have been. And I mean, it's, let's let's be real. Um, so, I, th- they were worried about the the back the backpack, Eddie, but like. <laughs> killed it. it killed it on the backpack I'm, I'm taking this uh, backpack and i'm going you <laughs> oh, I love it. those are those are really good 
Carrie and Lindsay, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Uh, we're not going to remove any bias and say how big of fans we are of what you are doing on the Facebook pages. Uh, you are doing the Lord's work, as <laughs> as Marcus would say, um, because they're, I don't know. I'm not built for it anymore. I used to run some Facebook pages for just some some small districts here in Indiana. And those were difficult enough. I can't imagine the amount of notifications and uh, policing and, and moderating that you have to do uh, on a daily basis. So thank you so much for all the work you're doing for Canvas users. You've been a joy to have on the podcast. Please, please, please come back. We want to have these discussions as often as we can in our season two, Marcus. Ooh. Season two. This is the end of season one. It's happening. Ooh. Yay! That is so exciting. And thank you guys for having us. And while I have the platform like thank you to all of the members of our Facebook group like it really is a community the amount of people that are helping each other I go on to like answer a question there's already like 96 comments of somebody else helping before I can even get there and it's just so phenomenal to see teachers come together during this time and really support each other when we're all going through it so um, thank you guys for having us on we're huge fans of your guys's so <laughs> it's kind of like a fangirl moment to be on so Absolutely. thank you guys thank you guys Thanks. also before before you go plug Please plug where people can find you. We didn't even get to that part, but tell tell all of our listeners where they can find you on social media or if like there's a quick, I know like at the end of the Facebook, if people like have no clue how to find this Canvas for Elementary Facebook group, we probably need to tell them how to get there. Sure. So. Yeah. If you just search Facebook for Canvas for Elementary and then I added in parentheses teachers um, because we had some parents in there <laughs> that were like really confused. <laughs> um, so it's just Canvas for elementary um and then teachers in parentheses so can they find you guys on social media if people want to reach out and learn more i officially my twitter handle is at cb gardener spelled just like a gardener 16 i made it easy for you guys nice but was it easy <laughs> no any significance to the 16 um my husband and i were married on january 16th there you go Aww. if anybody's looking if anybody's looking to steal any identities passwords start right there there you go right there. <laughs> And I am on Twitter at BV for Blue Valley, BV underscore Hallett, H-A-L-L-E-T-T. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. Appreciate you being on. Awesome. Thank you, Thank so you guys. So we are kicking off part two of the episode with two absolute powerhouses within the Canvas fam, Courtney Watson and Tammy Neal. Like Carrie and Lindsay, these two ladies started the Canvas for Secondary Educators Facebook group, which currently has nearly 24,000 members. We are extremely grateful for their time because they've stepped away from that full-time job to also do these fantastic jobs, which is uh, Courtney Watson's a high school instructional technologist, and she's from Texas. She supports teachers with all their ed tech needs in the classroom, including planning and modeling lessons for teachers, troubleshooting, providing professional development. And as a secondary educator for 18 years, her goal has always been to reach one and teach one. She is passionate about impacting teachers and students by creating learner-driven spaces that encourage continuous growth and improvement. Her end goal is always to equip all learners with the necessary tools to help them become successful and have fun while doing it. Her website, which is also her mantra, 
Tech without tears. I just absolutely love that, Marcus. Houses information and ideas on the latest ed tech trends. The other half of this tag team dynamic canvas duo is Tammy Neal. Now, we have collaborated with Tammy on so many other Twitter chats. It's insane, so we're really excited to have her on. Tammy is a computer science teacher. She teaches grades 6 through 8 in a growing career and tech education program at Swanee Middle School in Swanee County, Florida. This is her 30th. I did say that right. Marcus, she's been in education longer than you. Her 30th year in education outside of the classroom. She is a lead organizer for Ed Camp Swanee and co-moderates all the Twitter chats, FL Ed Chat and Rural Ed Chat each week on Twitter. She is a Google certified trainer and has presented at several conferences on the power of connection through social media. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yep. Very excited. Getting it. We're how many minutes? We are we are under double digits, and Eddie's already calling me old. I was so technically he called me old. I was right to crack at Marcus. You're not old. Marcus is old. Marcus, (laughs) Marcus, it's way past Marcus's nap time, and he needs to be in bed in thirty minutes. So we need to just keep moving because if we don't, we'll be here all day. We'll have to wait till tomorrow. Marcus will be up at five a.m., four a.m. to run his marathons or whatever he does. Now, one of the many reasons why we wanted to have you two on the podcast is because how much you guys do for educators both within your districts, but also just outside of your districts. You guys live in two separate states, and you run this Facebook page, which is incredible. Uh, Courtney obviously has her website, Tech Without Tears. Tammy, you co-moderate two different Twitter chats. How in the world do you manage this huge Facebook group? So tell our listeners why that approach, the service mentality approach, is so important for both of you and how you bring that into uh, just being you know, awesome. Cause I don't know of anybody that has this much time on their hands. Well, part of it is that I don't have little children anymore. My, my daughter is grown and on her own. So all those, you know, trips to soccer and baseball and dance, and I got to fill that time somehow. I've just always truly, truly believed that the way we make teaching better is to give back. Legislature will not fix education Teacher to teacher fixes education. Teacher to student fixes education. And this is how we do that. For me, it's a little bit of the same. Um, I think at heart, all teachers have that service. Heart, you know, It's just part of the business. Um, and I am a big believer in hashtag better together. I am a super Twitter user. And I, just, I can think of times when I couldn't find out information. I didn't have that answer readily available. And I have literally gone to Twitter put a post out, tagged a couple people, and in 5, 10 minutes, I have 5, 10, 20 answers that I can then turn around and help somebody with. And so to me, um, it, it turned out that with pandemic, COVID, all of this time, that you have a lot of people coming into Canvas that have no idea how to use it. And so there, it this group, for me, is a chance to kind of give back, to help those that have no idea, but at least we can, we've been there a little bit. We don't know all the answers, but we can help those that are just being thrown in <laughs> to the deep end. Yes. That, that to me, and I, it's again, we talk about this a lot on the show. This, you know, it's some things are said a lot, um, but not really acted upon. Right. And, and so I think both of you guys are really amazing examples of uh, this sort of a servant mentality and a willingness and a, and a wantonness to, to give back. Um and, and it shows, and I've I've been in a couple of the uh, the live uh, Facebook chats on mm-hmm. on Sundays there, 
And, uh, you know, I'm always just really, really uh, amazed is the wrong word because it's I'm just always very impressed and, and humbled by how you guys do such a great job of taking stuff on the fly, being so caring and, and, you know, gentle with folks as they're asking questions. I think that's really important because in roles like this, whether you're a coach or an integrationist or a whatever, um, you have to, as much as you ever did in a classroom setting, you have to read the room and you have to understand that if I'm coming to the Facebook Live on Sunday as a teacher and I'm asking questions, I am a, I, I am frankly, there is a fragility that I'm willing to show, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Uh, I'm willing to admit, like, I need help. And that's a hard thing for teachers because we're perfectionists. And so when those folks are coming to you guys and they're in the group or they're uh, attending the live thing, I've just been nothing but impressed uh, by how caring and how uh, gentle, but also real, uh, mm-hmm. you you guys both have been in those settings and a, a way to, you know, try to put people's minds at ease, try to give a solution or an answer. And if you don't have it, I don't have it, but we're going to work on it. And right. I, I, I just I just have real I'm re- that's one of the greatest things about that whole thing that I just I wanted to speak to because I've seen it firsthand. Well, I appreciate that. I know I'm not going to put words in Courtney's mouth, but um, when people come to us on Sunday, like you said, number one, they're giving up some very precious time on the Sunday afternoon to to try to get some answers. These are people who de- desperately care about what's going on in their classrooms, whether they're virtual classrooms or face-to-face or hybrid or whatever. They desperately care about getting it right for their kids. To not respect that is just unthinkable to me. It's just completely unthinkable. The gratitude that we've gotten back from those people is the reason we still do it. It's the reason we continue to do it. I did t- we did take Labor Day weekend off. The members were saying, listen, you deserve a break. <laughs> they got yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it's a warm fuzzy on a Sunday night before you have to go back to work on Monday morning. That, I like that. I honestly, I can appreciate that because uh, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, Sundays are uh, precious. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I also get a case of the Schmundays. And I, by about dinner time, after I've had my my dinner, I, I'm starting like, oh, got to start wrapping my mind around the next week. And, and that's yeah. around about the time that that chat's happening. So I, I love that you guys are are doing that. And I, I, I think the timing's great. Uh, so to me, uh, listening to you guys talk about uh, your experience, it, it just all speaks to this idea of the nature of collaboration and sharing uh, within our educational environment. And again, easier said than done. Because in order to collaborate fully and share fully, you got to take your ego and throw it out the window. And, and I think that that's another great skill of, of both that both of you have, and it comes across in the group. Um, the job of teaching, uh, you know, takes a village. And so when you guys are doing this kind of work extra, right, outside of your day to day, it just speaks to that village mentality. Uh, Without but, any swag. Right, nothing. Yeah, no swag. <laughs> no, you got nothing. 
making that really clear. Tammy is going to mention that every time. When we first we started got in the summer, she's we like, we'll, we'll probably get something. And, and so every now and then I'm like, have you heard anything? Is, are we, is something in the mail? Not yet? Right. Okay. <laughs> Check the mail today. Nothing? Huh. The well yeah. is dry. The right, well right. is dry. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the swag. Can, can we get a t-shirt? Um, with all that being said, though, tell us a little bit about, and Courtney, I'd like to hear from you you first on this. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, more about the experience of this group, um, maybe how uh, your, your uh, initial goals, what those were, and then how it's sort of morphed and developed um, to today. So I guess I'll have to say, First off, how did this how this group came to be about was one Sunday, uh, Sunday I say I, I don't know why I'm saying Sunday. I'm not sure what day it was, but it was summer, and we were on a Canvas Instructure webinar and just going. It was it was for elementary as they usually are, and the chat's going and uh, it was someone else who said there should be a group uh, for because they shouted out the elementary group, which is great. We love them. Um, and so this guy's like, there should be a, a secondary group. And I said, you, sh- you, you should start one. And so Tammy chimed in and said, I'll start a group. And I went and messaged her on Twitter. We already followed each other on Twitter. I didn't really realize it, but I looked up her name um, and I said, hey, if you really do start a group, I'll help you. And she started a group about 30 minutes later. And no, send me a message. It wasn't even that long. I had already okay, yeah. started the group, but I had to get a graphic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is true. And I mean, so that's how it, that's how it came to be. So, what were the goals of the group? It was really just we wanted a place for people in the secondary arena to be able to talk. Uh, you know, talk shop about Canvas. I think it changed really quickly because every day, more and more districts were or teachers I should say were finding out that their district was switching over to canvas and it it quickly turned into oh my gosh what is canvas how do I do this please somebody help me (laughs) what what can we do um but it's it's it has been fun um I've enjoyed it it's 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 one of those things where every anytime I have a little spare moment I have my phone in my hand I'm a notifications girl I can't see I can't see that little red number so I have to open it you know and clear those out um but so we just had a, a recent post, so random. All the lady said was, hey, this is an odd question. Is there somebody named Mrs. Scott who teaches eighth grade pre-algebra in Virginia? And if so, have you been getting anything about reading showing up on your Canvas pages? That's all she said. I saw and, that post. <laughs> and, um, you know, some people chimed in. She, and some people chimed in. They're like, I, I need to know what happens. I'm, I, I follow. You know how people type, follow, they won't yeah. turn on notifications. They tap follow and type F. Um, <laughs> and so she, because she does come back with a backstory. So she's in Oklahoma. She has a, she's a site tech helper and a teacher who teaches seventh grade reading has this Canvas page that's now having updates with algebra. And so she's wondering what's happening. So some different Miss Scott checks in, but I teach fourth grade math. And I know a Miss Scott, let me message her. Oh, that was the wrong one. So it goes on like 80, 90 comments. And then, but not, yeah. I'm telling y'all, maybe three hours later, tops. Um, mm-hmm. We have another post that says, hey, I'm Miss Scott. I teach pre-algebra. And sure as sugar, it was her. And I, and I told them when I saw it, I was like, the fact that this group with almost 24,000 people, you're in Virginia, she's in Oklahoma, yeah, they never would have found each other if not for that group. So to me, that kind of sums up what the experience has been. It's just been amazing. And you just get to talk to people from everywhere. That is really, really <laughs> like that's that's a good story. Eddie, that's better than our story. We have experienced, you know, you mentioned the Sunday afternoon 
uh, Q and A's that we do live. Um, but we've we I've been messaged by people who had wide variety of tech skills or lack thereof, and are just freaked out and been able to help people walk people through, and they're doing really well now. Um, it is, but the one thing that stands out in my mind, and I'm going to keep going back to those Sunday chats because that's where we really get, I get really in-depth inter, you know, connection with the, with the members, is the level of questions has changed. We're no longer going, how do I create a start page? We're now dealing with, I want to, in, you know, do these LTIs, or I want to do this particular thing over here, or this really weird thing is happening and I'm not quite sure what's going on. We're really getting in-depth into Canvas. And it, it makes me a better Canvas user as a result. Not just trying to figure out their questions, but just thinking through how all of this could happen. You know, um, what I teach Python programming, and in the past I've taught web design. So some of this stuff makes sense to me. Most of this stuff makes sense to me. And to translate that into layman's terms and help people come through that, it, 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 it just makes me a better educator all the way around. So it's really selfish. You know, they help me be better me. And that's that's not selfish at all. No, it's not uh, <laughs> at all. Um, and, and Eddie, I I saw I was I was guilty. I, I was looking at Eddie, seeing him nodding his head because I know what he what he heard in that was. I think you know what of, I was going to say, right? It's the same thing you're going to say. Yes, I'm going to say. That's why we start. It's why we started the podcast. Right. We're we're like PB and J. We are. Um, <laughs> th but this that ability, again, as a teacher leader, as a leader in and out of your. Uh, you know, your, as I, as we always put it, our real jobs, um, your ability and willingness to be that um, conduit, be that in between to translate and take what can be very uh, heavy <laughs> uh, technical stuff sometimes and to be able to sort of massage things into a way that makes sense to that newer user, uh, that is... I mean that is a teaching skill that is now translating into just a different a different uh, uh, different type of classroom. Yeah. Uh, I told I, I told that. somebody the other day they were I was doing a, a private Zoom with someone uh, one of our members and um, they were like you know I appreciate you not making me feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I said listen it's just a click <laughs> it's a click. We're not carving anything into stone here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a click. Take your time. Right. Uh, I just hit uh, publish, um, so I'm I'm pretty sure that a rocket just took off from someplace in in the in the world. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of rockets, we've got to get Canvas to give teachers confetti. Yeah. Let's right. make okay. that happen. When they we publish, there should right be now. some confetti. Yep. Okay, teachers are asking where theirs is. Right. <laughs> so. We we need some of that. I, I love that idea. You know, Tammy, uh, you said you said what I was alluding to with Marcus, which was that's why we started this podcast because we wanted to become better mm -hmm. in the system. I, we 
this was a common discord between us. I was brand new into the Canvas platform. Marcus was the OG. He's been in it forever. And we had like this really cool conversation back and forth about some of the new things I was seeing and some of the old ways that, you know, those used to be done or the things that he really enjoyed about it that I didn't know anything about. So right. um, we just wanted to connect people to us as best we could so that we could become better educators mm -hmm. and, and be a better teacher leader for the platform. And, um, that's just so impactful, right? That's that, that yeah. is why I think that's what separates really good educators when they're willing to kind of give up that control of, uh, you know, I don't know everything. Let's bring other people into the room and make me better. Right. That's kind of, that's how I know I've always looked at this. So I, I just really enjoyed what you said there. Um, obviously false start has been completely nutbag for everyone involved. Um, so we wanted to get an idea what, see, Courtney's already, she's like, yep. Uh, so Courtney, uh, specifically, because you jumped in there, what does fall start look like for your district? And then maybe those other districts that you collaborate with in the state of Texas as a whole. And what kind of challenges have you already seen uh, with uh, our new reality? So first day of fall was just like this week, right? So fall start for us in Texas is summer start. We start in August, <laughs> right? Early August. Um, yeah. So this year we didn't change our calendar, but we did do a uh, virtual start for everybody three the first three weeks. Everybody had their choice um, of face to face or virtual, but everybody had to do virtual those first three weeks. We did a ramp up um, in my district personally, so. Uh, a section of the alphabet came back um, on a Monday. And keep in mind, also, we're in Texas, so of course we had a hurricane thrown in there, so we didn't have school for two days when right. we were supposed to start ramp up with the younger grades. I mean, yeah. you got to keep it fun. It's fine. Right, sure. So, it's, tw it's 2020. Yeah, just 2020. <laughs> 2020. Just 2020. So, yeah, but so we did that ramp up, and we brought um, a few kids back by alpha across the district. Um, and then we started full if you chose face-to-face -face on September 8th, which was the day after Labor Day. Um, I think it, it really it really did work out there. Don't get me wrong. There are still stressors and you have the teachers trying to figure out how am I doing uh, hybrid. I have part of my class face-to-face -face and I have a few that are virtual. I have to find the time to, I'm either doing live Zooms or I'm recording and or I'm recording lessons and I'm teaching face-to-face -face and I have to grade and I have to call parents, all the regular things that we have to do. Um, so it's, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, yeah, I think for sure it helped us having that three-week time. They got to know the kids in a virtual way. It's still definitely different, but it also got us a chance to get used to being in the building, get used to being a, a, by yourself, around people six feet apart, keeping that mask on all the time, you know, all those things that we have to add into 2020 COVID teaching, <laughs> pandemic right. teaching. Um, so I, I think just, but the definite, I think the biggest challenge is for us has been that the mixture and you want, cause like you said, teachers are perfectionists. We want to, we want to do things and we cannot do what we've always done. And you, you don't want to, you don't want to be a, a disservice to your students. And you're like, how can I make sure I'm hitting everybody and doing everything I need to do and using this tool? And then I'm coming around saying, hey, you, ought to, you could try this. And you don't want to put too much on them. But I'm like, but I know if you would just if you would just try this, it would just make just one little thing a little bit easier. So I guess that's kind of two challenges. So a challenge for me not to push too much, but also to get them to realize that this is something that would help you, too. So. 
all the conversation here, at least in Indiana around my parts of the world, uh, was that how in the world are kids going to keep masks on? I got news for you. The kids, we don't got to worry. I saw kids walking down the street the other day. They were, there was like four of them. They got off the bus. They had their mask on walking all the way to their house. So I I think they're fine with the mask deal. Uh, That's, that's never been a worry, but we've all had these weird challenges thrown at us and we're just really interested in what happens in other states and and how those play out. So Tammy? We started Canvas in my district three or four years ago. So when we had to go to spring, Canvas, there were still teachers that weren't great at it, but they all saw the value of it. And so we've been in a lot better situation because we started long before now. So um, hybrid students come back when when they feel safe to come back. Some of my classroom students face-to-face have gone to hybrid. It just is what it is this year. And Courtney, did you guys have Canvas before all of this? Yes, that's what I was just, she made me think about that. So we've probably been in Canvas district for about seven years. Um, But just like with anything, um, it was, you know, when it rolled out, it was a trainer of the trainer models. And I should have mentioned this too when I talked about like, service and experience with Canvas, because I like to make sure everybody knows, I hated Canvas, (laughs) hated it. But and I all and 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 I feel like that helps me when I train teachers, um, and I let them know, hey, I get it. It looks because the, I think it's just that big open emptiness, and you're like, what do I do with this? And it was that trainer of the trainer model. So I would go to a training, and they would t- teach me how to do something, but I didn't need it in my class at the time. So I would go back to my campus, and I never used it. So until I got into a classroom that I, CTE by the way. Um, woo woo. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I was in a computer lab setting and I needed it. And so then I got to, it's one of those, you can't break it. You just have to, like you said, it's a click, just click it, see what happens. If you don't like it, you can undo it sort of a thing. So, but again, even though we were seven years in, you had some people who had adopted it, you know, and then you had some who were still holdouts and then they realized that, oh, well, and so, you know, it wasn't, it still wasn't as hard as those who weren't using it at all. They had it. Well, they they had experience yeah. with it, um, but then, like like Tammy said, they they for sure saw the benefit, and it made a difference. So there there's adopting it, and then there's adopting it. Yes, there's a huge difference there. Absolutely, and and the uh, the idea of, and I'm I'm listening to Courtney talk about those early stages of it and having some experience, um, and we've all lived through this in some way with some platform where. It comes to you and you just have to, as a teacher, you just have to get to where you can function. You just got to get to where you can tread water. And, and we see it with an LMS. We see it with a, a, an SIS a lot of times with a power school or a, a, a Skyward where it's like, let's just get the teachers where we're able to do grading and we're able to take attendance and then we'll get to the other stuff. And sometimes the getting to the other stuff doesn't ever really happen or not nearly as, as quickly as, as you would hope. And so it's I, I was listening to that and I was thinking back to, you know, especially Courtney said about seven years. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, you know, it's been I've been in there a while and I remember vividly <laughs> being like, OK, here's this thing. Good luck. And most <laughs> people don't inherently just jump in and start breaking right. stuff. Right. Um, it takes a special kind of weird uh, to, yeah. to be driven to yeah. do that. And, and so that's what, uh, you know, that's obviously the, the folks in this this uh, conversation. Were those sure. were those weird? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
you know, looking at, you know, being leaders within buildings and, and having the responsibility in your building or even in the Facebook group or in other realms in education, um, that interaction, and we talked about it earlier, putting people at ease, helping people feel comfortable. Um, one, one of the things that I know I didn't do um, prior to probably the last year or so, every conversation I have with a teacher that's traditional, hybrid, remote, a building administrator, a counselor, uh, a bus driver, every single person that I encounter these days, my first question is, how are you feeling? And I, I don't know if I was just a terrible human before, but I feel like it's important for me to immediately let people know that I recognize that uh, you may have things going on, right? Mm -hmm. You may have things that you uh, need to share or, or you may just say, I'm okay, but I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do uh, any of your fancy techie things today. Right. Yep. I, I, I kind of want to give them that, that moment right out of the gate. And if I say, how you feeling? And I get somebody that clearly is <laughs> not into whatever it is, then I can give them their time. Right. Um, and so when you guys talked earlier about, you know, push, Courtney talked about pushing teachers, but not too much in terms of trying new things. And, and when in, in my head, it was, a push versus a nudge, right? A push right. can be a little bit too much sometimes, and we have to know when that where that line is. I, I feel like a nudge is always kind of okay. It's kind of like this would be really cool. You sh you should think about giving it a shot. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, so, with all of that in mind, is there like an unexpected lesson? Is there sort of a surprise aha moment, if you will, that that has happened? Uh, sort of over the last few months with you, um, whether it's the, the Facebook group interactions or other interactions you've had in your buildings, um, is there something that you think our listeners could benefit from hearing in terms of like a realization that you've had? So I don't know if this is, I don't know if you would term it an unexpected lesson. I just, when you do things like this Facebook group and you're answering, you know, these comments, answering these posts and trying to help people and trying to guide them and dropping things and people and like Tammy said people are grateful that you know that thank you for this and because they just didn't get that information they couldn't find it from someone in their district but then also even on my campus you wonder if it's really making a difference and you know was I clear and is is what I'm doing does it really matter you know all those sorts of things and so what I have seen other people teaching other teachers things that I showed them and I, I mean I just to me that just it never gets old and uh, it goes back to my, I was like, oh, yeah, I did say that, huh, about me. I like to reach one, teach one. Um, <laughs> that was good. That was really yeah. good. I was doing good that day. <laughs> um, but, and so, and that's just good. I, because I know that our teachers are stressed. This is, we have nothing like this before. You know, they're under a lot of stress. I, I don't want to say drowning, but in, in some days they are. Um, and so that was, that's just always just to have that little bit of satisfa satisfaction and see that just that one little suggestion. I had somebody who asked me, um, she was struggling in her 
face-to-face classes she was like my engagement is down she's like I just don't know what to do she called me in and we have some traditional instructional coaches as well so the two of us were in there talking to her and um we said you know what I think you might enjoy Pear Deck and when we went back and showed her Pear Deck she was so excited like she this was the change she needed um I haven't I think she's going to try it out next week but just those little things um so for me so again I don't know if that's really an unexpected lesson but I guess just a reminder that it, it does matter and it won't be all the time. It won't be. And that's just like teaching in the classroom. You won't know that it's doing something right then, but you'll see it, you know, down the line. Um, well, Courtney stole my statements. Um, <laughs> I have witnessed teachers that I work with on my campus who've come to me at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I've not really given this a fair shot and I'm going to try something this year. That to me, that's also the epitome of the members of our group, they're all trying something this year. And they that to me is, is amazing. Listen, I've been in this field, like we said earlier, almost 30 years. I'm in my 30th year this year. I don't think I started teaching. No, let me take that back. I didn't become a true educator. There's a difference. Yes. Until I learned that I was responsible for my own learning. I didn't have to wait for my district to give me PD, in quotes. I was responsible for what knowledge went into my brain. I was in my early 40s when I learned that. I had coasted through most of my career before I realized I was in charge of what I knew. And to watch teachers develop that sense of and what they do with it is is truly, truly rewarding. Whether I get a spot in that role or you know a role in that development or not and we've seen a lot of teachers in our Facebook group discover that and go you know what I can do this and and that to me is it you know whether it's a, a realization whether it's surprising or not that is what gives me hope for the future of education was deep, Tammy. Right. Jeez. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Again, some goosebumps. I'm all, all in the feels right now. That, that's, <laughs> but that's true. That's It's such a profound thing. In fact, I don't know if you could hear it on the mic. Um, I was typing away uh, because uh, to to me, that kind of realization, and I love, I and I've, I've shared similar stories before. Um, when you have that moment as an educator mm-hmm. that changes the way you function, I don't think it matters when it happens, but I'm with you. Mine was a little bit later than I'm proud to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you when we, as educators, have that moment, it, it, and you know, it's it's like every mm-hmm. teacher that's a teacher now can name the teacher that made them want to be a teacher. We all know it. Every teacher knows the moment, the situation, the scenario that occurred that forever changed them as educators. I so almost I love left that education. you said that. I almost left education before it happened. Yep. See? I was Same totally way. burnt out. Um, changed districts. Started over. Had Was completely on an island. No, no real support. Um, but I had an administrator who let me be me. And figured it out. And... Um, you can read all about it in EduSnap 16, um, a book written with S- Dr. Sarah Thomas, 
It's on Amazon. It's from 2016. That's how long ago my moment was. <laughs> but um, I've got a small chapter in that book where I talk about that moment coming back from burnout. Shameless plug, Tammy. We love it. Yeah. Right. Shameless yeah. plugs on the Right, podcast. man. I wasn't love even planning on it. I hey. mean, it's 2016. Nobody buys that book anymore. Oh, sure they do. But Why not, right? No. no. <laughs> well, I, I, I just appreciate that that honesty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure. very refreshing. So we have reached the time in the podcast where we get to ask our absolute favorite question, and it's one that we hope you have thought long and hard about it. Um, so it's that time again on the Canvas Casters podcast. We want to know, and we'll start with you, Courtney. Tell us what is in your Canvas backpack. What is your go-to inside the LMS? Uh, you would start with me. What is in my <laughs> Canvas backpack? It you I don't know. Oh my gosh, why would you pick me first? It would usually Courtney, be do you want me to go? Please. Nice. Oh, please. Okay. Oh, the same. Wow. Yeah. Man, just pulled yeah. her in and said, I got Air you. Air high five. Right. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, okay, let's be honest. Courtney is helping teachers. Okay? Yes. So her day-to-day -day use of Canvas is a little different than mine as a yep. classroom face-to-face -face teacher. Absolutely. Okay. Right now, my thing that I love is creating modules. I have, yeah, I've created a module template for myself, Monday through Friday. Um, every Friday, I make a copy, move it to the top. Um, I do modules a little differently than a lot of people. And I, I don't... I don't suggest somebody who doesn't get Canvas well to do what I do. Well, let's hear it, Tammy. Okay. We've got, we got new stuff here. Let's hear it. So I create modules based on units for myself. They're unpublished. I've got all my units in my course. I know a lot of them have empty assignments, but I know the topic and all of that stuff. Because I developed the activity based on what the kids need. So all of those are sitting there. And then up above, I have my weekly modules that I publish for my students. And I love that I can drag from this module up to that module and publish it and the kids get to see it. And they, my or, I'm organized because I know what's coming next. They're organized by the day they get to see what they need to do for the day. Now, the first week that I started this, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> but because it was just, it felt overwhelming. But as I've gotten into the rhythm, this is our seventh week of school. And I'm starting to see things, and I'm like, okay, this is working for me. I love that I, I've got the emojis, um, you know, I've got my HTML. So I've also got assignment templates, so I don't have to recreate if I've got specific colors for specific things and things like that. Because I use the HTML and I get the backgrounds all pretty and all that stuff. So... You know, templates to me are the biggest time saver. And if you can get your rhythm with them, oh my gosh, it's just amazing. It makes me look a hundred times better than I actually am. Well, I, th that's the thing that we talk about with, with technology so often mm -hmm. is, are you willing to put in the work up front for the mm -hmm. payoff later? And I think that's a so, great definition of that. So I, I teach programming. Programmers will spend 
a huge amount of time up front to save five minutes every day. And I tell my students, we're doing this because programmers are what? Lazy. <laughs> and they get it. They get it. We're going to do this work now so that we don't have to do this work later every single day. And that to me is what the module templates and the assignment templates are. And anything that's unpublished is for me, mm-hmm. not for the students. And everything that is published is for them. Courtney, Appreciate what about you? <laughs> All right. So... Has, I, has Tammy bought you enough time? She did, but and I still <laughs> I, I'm still going with what I what first popped into my head, and honestly, it is using Google with Canvas, even though it has been <laughs> a bit of a pain point right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to, you know, we don't want to go to the, you know, too far in there. But when it does what you need it to do. Um, I think that is one of my, it's one of the things I would, I did when, when I was in the classroom using Canvas, um, it was a daily agenda that I published to a page so that no matter where I was, I could push out that day's agenda. Um, I always tell, uh, when I show, show people how to do it, I always say, you know, there was one time where I was, um, out of town and, um, I was driving and when I, and I'll say, well, let me not say I was driving. Let's just say I was in a car. And I remembered yeah. that that day's um, agenda wasn't published. I have Google Drive on my phone. I was able to open my Google Drive, make that update, and it shows straight into Canvas because of the embed embed features. So I would so if and even if it's not just Google, so I guess we can tie it into teaching people how to embed things. Um, mm-hmm. Since, like I said, uh, you know, uh, Google, we love, and I love. I'm a certified trainer. I love you, Google, and I and and I love Canvas now, and I love y'all together, and I just need y'all to get it all together. <laughs> So <laughs> if you could get it together, then that would, that would be great. Uh, it's, that's been, I, I'll tell you, that's, that has been, yeah, it's 72% yep. of posts in that Facebook mm-hmm. group is what's the Google assignment LTI? What's a Google drive cloud? How do I make a copy y'all? And so I have it, it's copied and pasted in my phone and on the computer now. So I can just copy and paste and drop it over nice. <laughs> to answer the question. That's awesome. Well, thank you yeah. guys. We appreciate Everett. Marcus, did you have anything else? No. Okay, because I'm wrapping up. So um, we've taken up we've, we've taken up way more of your time than was probably you know warranted because you guys are <laughs> again we have no idea how you do all the things that you're doing. <laughs> um, we just have this lowly podcast that we get to do every couple times a month, so it's kind of nice. Um, but thank you guys so much for being a part of our show. It's been incredible to have you guys on to kind of give us uh, an inside look on what's going on on that Facebook page as well as your journey through Canvas. So we. Really Really appreciate you being on and being a part with us. Thank you so much. I had a great time. My pleasure. Yep. You guys are awesome. Thank you.